0: And welcome to the Retire Early, Retire Now podcast. This is episode number four, and I am your host, Hunter Kelly, owner of Palm Valley Wealth Management. And in this episode, I am starting a new series called Three Tips and a Mistake. And in this episode, we will cover the Roth IRA. This is a play on two truths and a lie thought it would be a good way to cover a topic fairly quickly, give you a couple tips on how to maximize, uh, in this case, a Roth IRA, but then also a mistake to avoid that I see commonly through clients and prospective clients. But before we dive in, just want to remind you guys that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This is not financial advice. This communication should not be relied upon as the sole factor in an investment making decision or financial planning decision if you would like help please seek a financial tax or legal professional and as always keep uh, palm valley in mind when making those considerations and we are in episode number four so if you are one of the few that have listened to all four episodes up to this point just want to say thank you I and mean, we're on Apple Podcasts now so if you could share this episode or any other episode that you find valuable and leave a five star review that will help retire early retire now out tremendously before we hop into our three tips just wanted to cover the basics of what a Roth IRA is the Roth IRA was created in 1997 by Congress and in 2006 they allowed the Roth contributions to go into employer plans as well but many carriers didn't really make it common until about probably 10 years ago is when I at least when I recognized it how a Roth IRA works is you contribute after-tax dollars whether that's from your bank account into the Roth IRA or through payroll deductions into your 401k and then that money will grow tax deferred and then the distributions later on down the road will be tax-free. As it currently stands in 2023, an individual can contribute up to $6,500 a year into the IRA with a $1,000 catch-up provision if you're over the age of 50. And then for the 401ks, you can contribute up to $22,500 with also a $6,000 catch-up provision. For the Roth IRA, there are income limits, these limits do not apply to the employer plans, but it does apply to the IRA plan. In 2023, if you're filing single, it is a $153,000 income limit. And if you're filing jointly, it is a $228,000 income limit. Now, there are some phase-outs. So if you're just below the 228 dollars or 153 dollars you can contribute a little bit, but it, it does start to phase out. And then once you hit those... 153 and 228 you will no longer be able to contribute but as we will talk about later you do still have an option to put into the Roth IRA. Roth IRA is very similar to a traditional IRA in the fact that you have to wait until 59 and a half to take distributions but there is a less commonly known five-year rule so, once you open and make that first contribution, you do have to wait five years or 59 and a half, whatever comes later, to be able to access the growth that you receive in that account without any penalties or taxes. Now, again, the five year rule is not as common. Where I see it every now and then is when maybe someone retires a little bit earlier than expected. And they do what's called Roth conversions, where they're taking money from their IRA, they're paying taxes on it and putting it into their Roth IRA. And then something changes and maybe they need that money. If they're, if it hasn't been five years yet, then they would not be able to access that growth without taxes or penalties. And we will talk about what a conversion is here in just a little bit. But just to review what a Roth IRA is, you are going to put money into this account post-tax, and then it will grow tax-deferred and be tax-free later on down the road, and then you do have the option potentially to use uh, Roth money inside of your employer plan as well. So tip number one, most people don't think of it this way, but there is actually no immediate benefit to putting money into a Roth IRA the benefit comes into that deferred growth. So in an ideal world, you would have maximum amount of growth possible in this account to receive the most benefit because the more it grows, the less you theoretically would pay in taxes versus having it in a different vehicle like a traditional IRA or even just a normal brokerage account that's taxable. So the question is, how do we maximize that? Well, we maximize that by... Making sure that the assets that we have in there, the investments that we have in our Roth funds, whether that be in the 401k or in our IRA, are growth minded, right? And so we want to make sure that this falls within our risk tolerance. We don't want to be too risky for what our situation calls for. But if there is a growth component in your portfolio, having it in the Roth IRA would help you receive the most benefit of that Roth IRA because, again, you're getting that tax deferred growth and then eventually those distributions would be tax-free as well. And so in practice, I've seen multiple times that prospective clients come in, they bring in their statements from their Roth IRA or their 401k, and and then in their investment lineup, they're in government bonds, corporate bonds, things that are not very growth-oriented And so they're not really maximizing the capability of what the Roth gives you from a tax perspective. So, again, what we want to do is we want to think growth in the the Roth IRA. Tip number two, maximizing an early retirement with a Roth IRA. So how do we do this? Um, So we can maximize our early retirement by utilizing... Roth conversions. So again, what is a Roth conversion? A Roth conversion is when you have traditional or pre-tax money in your IRA, maybe a 401k that you're going to roll over into an IRA and you move that money into the Roth IRA. You pay taxes now and you move that money into a Roth IRA. So an example that I want to give you that could potentially save you thousands of dollars in taxes. Let's say you're in your final few years of work and you're making enough to be in a 24% tax bracket or your effective tax rate is north of 24%. Well, then you retire, and then your income potentially is much lower. And so maybe your effective tax rate is 10 or 12 or 15%. So you can decide, okay, well, maybe if we have all of this money in our traditional IRA, would it make sense for us to go ahead and convert at a much lower rate we know we have years, maybe 10, 15 years of a lower income before Social Security starts, before required minimum distribution starts. And so what we can do is we can convert instead of at a 24% bracket, maybe we convert at a 10 or 12% bracket. And we would convert a little bit at a time for that 10, 15 year period. So Let's say we have a traditional i r a of a million dollars. maybe we convert twenty five thousand or fifty thousand dollars a year, depending on where those brackets are and what makes most sense. We convert that money over a ten year period, so maybe we're able to convert two hundred and fifty thousand dollars over that ten year period or five hundred thousand dollars over that period. what that is gonna allow us to do is one, we're paying a lower tax bracket than when we were working, but two. When we hit that required minimum distribution age, so basically when the government says, Hey, you have money in pre-taxed accounts, we want our revenue, so we're gonna require you to take a distribution. Well, because we've converted two hundred and fifty, five hundred thousand of that, that money, that account balance in our pre-taxed accounts is much lower. So the the required distribution will be lower. And so now we're not having to take potentially $100,000 out of our IRA and have a higher tax bracket than if we did those conversions and maybe our required minimum distribution is $25,000 or $50,000. So I've been able to do this with clients and they have an early retirement. We run our projections on how much we want to convert each year and then that ends up helping them save tens of thousands of dollars a year in retirement and then making those required minimum distributions much lower than if the money had sat in their traditional IRA and grew for that 10, 15-year time period. So ultimately, you're just giving yourself flexibility with your tax brackets when you retire early and consider these Roth conversions. Tip number three, spousal contributions. So this will be a short and sweet one, but two situations where you can maximize a Roth IRA here is if you have a spouse that is a stay-at-home spouse and then you have a breadwinner, or maybe you have a spouse that retires early and then the other one continues to work. As long as one spouse is making at least $15,000 a year or enough to cover the maximum contribution, both spouses can contribute to their Roth IRA. So whether you're just trying to maximize that deferred growth later on in life or if you have a certain savings rate that you're trying to get to, utilizing the spousal contribution can be a big help in obtaining both your savings goal but also getting that money into the Roth IRA for that deferred growth. And so that'll wrap up our three tips. So let's hop into our mistakes. So one mistake that I see quite often is when people try to do what's called the backdoor Roth, they don't realize that there's something called the pro rata rule. So let's back up real quick. What is a backdoor Roth? This is when you're making too much money and the IRS says, hey, you cannot contribute to a Roth IRA. As I stated earlier, that income limit is $228,000 for married filing jointly and $153,000 for filing single. But there is still a way to make a Roth contribution even if you are above those income limits. And that is through what uh, we call the backdoor Roth. And it's essentially what you do is you uh, place a non-deductible contribution into your IRA you convert that contribution to your Roth IRA and voila, you have created a Roth contribution in a sense. And so one of the things that you need to consider when doing this is if you have any sort of traditional IRA money, if you put a non-deductible contribution and then convert, you will have to do what's called the pro rule. So basically a proportion of that traditional money will convert and you will essentially pay taxes. And so a couple of things, one, you'll end up paying more taxes than you thought in that given year, but then moving forward, you will have basis. You will have a non-deductible amount of money, some money that you've already paid taxes on in your IRA. And so that makes it a bit complicated for tax reasons because there will be a bit more reporting on your tax return, and then when you start taking distributions out of your IRA, then you got to worry about the growth coming out first and the pre-tax money coming out first before you get to your basis, which would be that portion that you've already paid taxes on. So it turns into kind of a big pain. So the best way to do this is to make sure that there is no IRA money, and you open your IRA, you only put that non-deductible contribution in, and you do the conversion right away, And then one other thing that people commonly misunderstand is it's not about the account. It's the aggregate of the money through all the IRA accounts. So if you have a IRA at Fidelity and an IRA at Schwab, they would count as one IRA in the IRS's eyes. So just because there's no money in that Fidelity IRA, that doesn't mean that you can avoid the pro rata rule. And that'll wrap up this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this three tips and a mistake. If I get a good response, I will continue doing these. Please, again, share and leave a five-star review. If you have any specific questions about what was talked about today, you can reach me at hunter at palmvalleywm.com or you can visit our website at palmvalleywm.com and we'll see you in the next one.